You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here's your host, Sean Davis. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Headline Show. It's been a while. I am your host for this episode, Sean Davis. It's good to be back. Missed you guys. No, been away taking care of some things for the show and we have a lot to cover in not too much time so let's dig right into it um so first hi what's up glad to be back um so i just want to update you guys on you know the state of the show in the podcast um but we're going to talk a lot a lot of things today we have the NBA playoffs to cover. It's a lot to cover. Um, it's been some great playoff basketball. Really unfortunate that we haven't been able to uh, record as many podcasts throughout these incredible playoffs. Um, we're going to talk about that. I want to re- give you guys my reaction to Scotty Pippen's comments on the Dan Patrick show yesterday. Because um, I think that, I, I think there's something that needs to be said there about that. Um, so I want I want to give you guys my reaction on that, and I also you know just want to just talk and vibe and you know go over the NBA playoffs, some football stuff. But let's get right into it here. We're gonna start off with the state of the channel, okay? So state of emergency, state of the channel, whatever you want to call it, however you want to phrase it. So while we've been away, um, unfortunately, our partnership with Jackson Cougar Sports Productions has come to an end unfortunately um you know our our time with jackson and and all has been uh spectacular really enjoyed working with him and him allowing us to work with this channel unbelievable channel um that, that they're running over there he's running over there and uh just shout out to jackson unbelievable guy and uh great guy and his channel is incredible so you guys if you guys don't follow him yet i mean if you guys don't subscribe to his channel yet he's over 91,000 subscribers on youtube trying to get to 100 jack's crew sports reduction on um youtube but it's okay you know it's disappointing obviously right but um we we Worked with ColorCast, broadcasted some of the games. So if you guys want to tune in, download the ColorCast app on your app store. It will be available on Google Play soon. Um, ColorCast, you guys can find us with our Twitter handle. Our Twitter handle should be our username on ColorCast. Um, But we are pleased to announce that we will be joining – Sorry about that, guys. We'll be joining with the Sapient, NFL Sapient Network. So Sapient Podcast Network with, you guys remember John Bogle. He was a guest on our show uh, for a mock draft back in probably late February, early March. So we're going to be joining them. We're going to be the first podcast on the network. So how does this change our content? It doesn't really change our content at all, actually. So we'll provide some articles for their actual website as well. 
Uh, you guys can follow him on Twitter at NFL Sapient. But this does not change our content from a podcast perspective, okay? You're still going to get a good dose of basketball around this time of year. You're going to get a lot of football during football season. All right, but you guys can go over to NFLSapient.com. Uh, John, I believe, just posted in a, a new article that I reacted to on Twitter a little bit, giving my thoughts on it. But yeah, go over to NFLSapient.com. Great website that John and his crew have put together. Um, we we'll really appreciate if you guys went over to check that out. Already got a, a, over a dozen articles over there. Great group of guys um, as a part of the website right now. Um, but yeah, our, our, the content we provide will not change from a podcast perspective. Obviously, for the website, it'll be a lot more football, obviously, probably almost all football related. But from a podcast perspective, it's not nothing's going to change. Uh, like I said, around this time of year, you'll get a lot more basketball because we're in the NBA playoffs. And then come end of July, August, and stuff like that, we're pretty much back to full football. Okay, so and then we'll obviously have some baseball in there too because of Warner, you know. And, and, and I mean, not just because Warner is the world, it's MLB playoffs time. So, you know, getting the heat of the playoffs, but right around then, man, it's football, football, football. Um, so our first piece for the Sapia Podcast Network and the NFLSapia.com website will be an in-depth preseason power rankings where we rank every position group in the NFL for every team. And we go one through 32 by teams, okay? And we'll reveal our power rankings in episodes and an article version of it as well. So number 32, uh, as you guys can see, is we will launch my podcast network will launch on july 1st so we will launch we will release our first podcast episode along with the article on july 1st okay now if you guys want premier access to this go over to our patreon page it's patreon.com slash for for one dollar a month you guys will get early access to our preseason power rankings a day early so patreon.com slash I also get a lot of other benefits. You guys support the channel. So that's that. All right. Now, also other updates on the channel. Um, this is season two, and I want to have some fun with season two. So season two actually is going to be a lot more interviews, right? And a lot more interviews, like not guest, right? But actually like sit down interviews, with with some analysts, insiders, players, coaches, et cetera, et cetera. That's what this season is going to be, along with our football coverage, our basketball coverage as well. So that's what I want this season to be. You know, I, I'm really excited for this season. I'm really excited for our partnership with the Sapia Podcast Network and John. John's a great guy and um, really excited about that. So really quickly. Let's move on to our next subject. Um, I'm going to give you guys my reaction to Scotty Pippen's uh, comments on the uh, Dan Patrick show. Okay, he appeared on the Dan Patrick show 
I believe it was yesterday. Okay. And um, he had a few choice words to say the least regarding his former teammates, um, Michael Jordan, um, his, his former coach, Phil Jackson and more. So let's, let's take a look at, at what he had to say. Help me understand the GQ article where you talked about the 1994 playoff game when you refused to go back in the game and Phil set up the play for Tony Kukoc. Well, I mean, it's not much to be said. If you go back and look at when Scottie Pippen entered the Bulls and when Tony Kukoc entered the Bulls and who deserved the last shot of the game. No, no, no. I understand that, Scotty. I'm just going by what you said. You said you need to read between the fine lines. And then you go on to say it was a racial move to give him, Tony Kukoc, a ride. So, well, I mean, if you knew that Scottie Pippen had been with the Bulls from 87, battled through the Pistons and every other team that we had to get to those three championships, wouldn't you give Scottie Pippen one opportunity to get a last second shot without Michael Jordan? Like, one year without Michael Jordan. Can I get one shot? Like, I'm doing all the dirty work. But all of that I understand from the basketball standpoint. But when so, you say a racial move. Well, why would, why would Tony, who was a rookie, get the last second shot and you put me out of bounds? That's what I mean, racial. Like, that was Scottie Pippen's team. But, but Scottie Phil Pippen then, was but, but, on pace to be an MVP that year, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, why would you put him in a position not to be successful? Why wouldn't you put him in a position to succeed? Michael Jordan is not there. So who's next in line for you? But have you talked to Phil about this? Because by saying a racial move, then you're you're calling Phil a racist. I don't got a problem with that. <laughs> Do you think... All right, that was Scotty Pippen and his comments on the Dan Patrick show. So here's my reaction to that. I thought that was a very interesting subject. Um, so let me phrase this. And it's another clip I want to get to where he talks a little bit more about MJ. And when, and when uh, in the last dance, uh, when Steve Kerr had the, had the big shot he hit, um, Nothing that Scottie Pippen said or had in that interview, in that clip, or has said has been false, okay? Because, yes, like, for example, he's right. You're the best player on the team. You're the MVP candidate, right? Yes, Scottie Pippen should have had the ball in his hands. That's just factual, right? If it's, if it's LeBron James and Dennis Schroeder on the same team, right? LeBron James needs to be the one that you draw the playoff for. Not even necessarily saying that LeBron's going to be the one that hits the shot, right? Because, hey, man, you might double, they might double-team LeBron or whatever, and then you might have to get a pass out to Dennis Schroeder or whatever, right? But there's no excuse for the MVP of your team to not be the one you draw the playoff for, right? Any team, right? Unless you're the Nets where you have 
three two-and-a-half MVP caliber players, right? Miami, that play is getting drawn up for Jimmy. Maybe Bam, right? Boston, Jalen on a JT, okay? Um, screw it. Who, uh, Milwaukee, oh, never mind. Milwaukee, they're drawing up for Chris Milton. Um, who was I going to say? Out West, okay? Phoenix, probably Devin Booker, okay? The Clippers, if Kawhi's healthy, Kawhi. Maybe even Paul George, right? Denver, the Joker, not even close. Okay, who else? The Jazz, Donovan Mitchell. The Mavericks, Luka Doncic. The, I'm losing track of my seeds here. Portland, Damian Lillard. Lakers, LeBron, like I said. And Memphis, John Morant. The MVP of your team is the one you draw the playoff for. Your best player on your team is the one you draw the playoff for, okay? And Scottie Pippen, I think you're just sick of it. Okay, because he is probably the most underappreciated and one of the more underrated players of all time. Okay, so yeah, he's sick of it. He's like, yeah, uh, you know, I, I've been on the Bulls for seven years. I think I think it was seven at that point, right? I've been underpaid, right? I've been I've had to play second second fiddle to MJ. Now MJ's gone, and I have to and and, and I have to. Uh, and you're not drawing a player for me. This is my team. This is my team. I'm the MVP candidate. I'm one of the front runners, or I, I played like an MVP this year, right? And you're going to have me inbound the ball. Are you crazy? So nothing he said is wrong. No, <clears throat> nothing he said is factually incorrect. Okay. So, so that's that, okay? Um, the racial stuff, I can't really speak to that, right? Because I don't know or have a relationship with Phil Jackson. I haven't met the man. So, like, when you get to stuff like that, right, unless it's a blatant comment, like if Phil Jackson were to say something as drastic as Scottie Pippen needs to live on a plantation or something, unless he said that, right, then I can't, or something to that level, right, I can't say if he's a racist or not, right, but I do know Scottie Pippen has played for Phil, and I mean, there's a dozens of players, like, if that statement is true, right, the players who have played for him should either defend or agree with Scotty, depending on where they fall on the spectrum, right? But again, I can't really speak to that um, because, I mean, to my, to my knowledge, sorry about that, guys. Um, but to my knowledge, Phil Jackson has not said anything blatant like what I just stated. So I can't speak to whether or not he's a racist. I can't speak to Scotty Pippen. Everything he said in that statement is factually correct. Okay, so it's another clip, the other part of this clip I want to show you guys. So let's let's go back to this video. Phil was or is? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you're looking for him afar. Yeah, and and look, that's why I wanted to have you on. And Mike, Mike didn't have a problem with that, did he? I can Phil designed to play for Steve Kerr. When Mike was there, and Mike, Mike didn't have a problem with that, did he? Oh, I don't want to. You're not. You're you're not setting me up to answer the right question. What do you mean, Phil? 
set up a play for Steve Kerr. He didn't set that play up for Steve Kerr. He set that play up for Michael Jordan. I thought in the huddle, Mike says, I'm going to throw you the ball. You'll be open at the felon. That And Phil had nothing to do with that? And you don't want to get this show started because it'll take us a long time. Do you know all those cameras that's sitting in that huddle who they was working for? The NBA. So you know who Michael was speaking to when he said that, right? <laughs> that was that was planned. <laughs> that was speaking to the to the camera. That wasn't speaking out of what we're going to have to do, what the play is going to be. That was speaking to the camera. Had John had uh, John Stockton not came down, trust me. <laughs> but that was building his own documentary. Because he knew he was controlling the cameras. <laughs> you understand English? Yeah. Okay. So all those cameras that was working were working basically for Michael Jordan. <laughs> Not for the Chicago Bulls. But did- they were building the Come Fly With Me, the Air Jordan videos. That's what it was. It that was not naturally spoken. Okay. Right. That was rehearsed. Okay. Okay, so that is the rest of the clip that Scotty Pippen said on his appearance to the Dan Patrick show yesterday. So, I mean, again, that that comment about MJ, about, uh, you're sounding a little butthurt there. Like, come on, man. Like, yes, again. Is he factually incorrect? No. Right? Like, yeah, MJ probably, yeah, he was. He was milking it. And again, right? But even then, you say he's butthurt or whatever. So I kind of want to take back the tweet I said out last year, right? I mean, not last year. Yesterday, when I called him butthurt, right? Because Scottie Pippen, in the last dance, was made to look like the villain of the documentary, Right? Where like like they spent an entire episode and a half, it felt like, on on Scottie Pippen's unwillingness to 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 come in the game when Tony Kukoc when Phil Jackson drew, drew the play for Tony Kukoc, right? They they made it seem like the villain of the documentary when he uh, when he didn't decide to check back in the game, they I feel like they stretched that story out for a, a whole episode and a half or so, right? Where, for an example, right, MJ's gambling addiction lasted half an episode tops. The the, the, the struggles, like when MJ came back from retirement, right, and his not struggles but not performing, like for example, it seems like. The story goes from the three rings, the first three-peat, him going to baseball, right? And then it feels like it's straight to that, to the start of the, third, of the second three-peat, right? Because, I mean, yeah, they, they touched on it, but it's like they grazed the surface, like five-minute screen time, it seems like, right? With that, was it 95? Either 94 or 95 playoffs, his first playoffs back, right? And they lost to the Magic, right? And everybody who says that, oh, my God, oh, man, MJ and the Bulls, man, they, they would have beat the, the Rockets. No, they would not have. They did not have Dennis Rodman yet. They lost Horace Grant to the Magic, right? And they struggled 
to to match up with that size of that Magic team. You think they're going to beat Hakeem Olajuwon, right? So actually, Horace Grant and that Magic team saved MJ's perfect streak in the finals. So yeah, there you go, right? Just completely glossed over that part, okay? So again, I mean, Scotty, now my only thing is, right, and I guess he kind of touched on it last year, right? But this, like, rant almost that we just listened to together, I feel would have been a whole lot more effective after the last dance. Like, or heck, after that episode, right? More effective to have Scotty do that rant right after the last dance. I remember him, like, touching up on it, but off my memory, right, he did not go to this extent last summer, okay? So that, that that's just my thoughts on that, okay? Um, again, nothing factually incorrect that Scottie Pippen said. I would argue that everything he said was correct. Like, in terms of, yeah, like, I, I'm the MVP of the team. I'm the best player. I deserve the last shot, right? That is absolutely 100% correct, okay? Um, the stuff about the documentary, that is absolutely correct, okay? Right? So, you know, I don't see anything wrong with what he said. I kind of have a problem with the timing of what he said. Like, it feels like the most random time ever to bring this up, right? Which is kind of my problem. But I think it just would have been a lot better if he had done it last year after the last day of the documentary. But again, I guess, I mean, might have been hard for interviews. You know, that's the thick of the COVID pandemic. So um, let, let's get to a feel-good moment of the day. Starts off with this little guy. Um, if you don't have a friend like this, I don't know what you're doing. So, so let's take a look at this. What's number five, King? Where's number five? Show us five. Where's five? What's Hold it up. up? All right. Clap for King. <laughs> Clap for King. All right. King, show us number one. All right. Clap for King. Clap for King. Okay. King, show us number two. Number two, King. All right. Clap for King. Number five, King. Where's number five? Number five? All right, that's awesome. So that is the feel-good moment of the day. If you don't have a friend like that, I don't know what you're doing with yourself. So that was fun. Um, I, I just wanted to get that out about the Scotty Pippen nonsense. Um, so let's talk about these NBA playoffs. These playoffs, man, have been so exciting. Um, another Great game last night with the Suns and Clippers. Game five in Phoenix. Um, Phoenix trying to close out in five. They were unable to. They lost that one last night thanks to Paul George having the best game of his career, hands down, not even close. Okay? And... um. He, he just played absolutely sensational last night. Um, he is the first Clippers player in history 
So at 40 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists at least in a game. He had 41 points on 15 of on 75% shooting. And he played 41 minutes last night. Paul George was incredible. That's his playoff career high. Okay. The way Paul George was just aggressive and looking for a shot in that third quarter. He had he only had 10 points in the first half, and then he exploded in the third quarter. 41 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, three steals. And without Kawhi Leonard, for the most part, he's had a couple of blunders, right? I mean, you look at, I mean, what was it game? It was game two where he missed those two free throws to potentially win the game. Um, he missed the two free throws. No, he missed the two free throws to put him up three, and then that's when the inbound dunk happened. So he missed those, and then in game – is that game three? No, game four. Granted, nobody played well in this one, but he shot 25% from the field, had 23 points. He fouled out, right? So just not a great performance for PG, 13%, literally that one. but. I mean, in game one, he played solid, right? Didn't shoot that great from the field, though. He played solid, um, scored the ball really well. He had 34. Game three, just aggressive and solid, 27. And then last night, he was great. He hasn't shot that great from the field, actually, at all this series. Besides last night, his highest field goal percentage was 43%. So, obviously, that's not as more to be desired there. But... Just the aggressiveness, and overall, he has been great ever since Kawhi Leonard went down. I want to say it was game four when Kawhi went down last series. Because um, in game five, Paul George had 37-16-5, and he closed the series out against Utah with 28-9-7. Okay, but he's just been spectacular. He's been aggressive, right? And they're going to need it again in game six at home. Because uh, I don't think the Suns want to go to a game seven at all. I, I, I think if this goes to a game seven, it's really benefiting the Los Angeles Clippers, even though it'll be on the road, right? You got to, I think the Clippers might have a little bit more confidence than the Suns right now. Because you got Ty Lue, who pulled off the greatest 3 1 comeback in NBA history. Coming back from a 3-1 deficit on the greatest regular season team ever in Golden State Warriors, Steph, Clay, Dre, um, Harrison Barnes, that team, and came back from 3-1. He was the coach of that team and beat them to win the finals. I think the Clippers has extreme, a high level of confidence. And Ty Lue said it. He said, we beat the number one seed four straight games. Right. So he has all the belief in the world of his squad, obviously. And I mean, and if you're if you're the Suns, you gotta get this done. Right. I think I think you feel like you wasted an opportunity in game five. Um at home. Um and it just simply because you don't want to go back to LA. LA Come tomorrow night, even though L.A. will always and forever be a Laker town, L.A. is going to be rocking tomorrow night. The Clippers have – their fans have showed out in these conference finals throughout the entire playoffs, right? 
So, but it, so it's gonna be it's gonna be loud coming tomorrow night. You know, Steve Ballmer is gonna be a little little crazy for him tomorrow night. But you know, the, he he's been sensational. But tonight we have Game Four, a must win game for these Hawks. Who it seems like whenever they get put in these must win scenarios, they deliver. And Trey Young, for anybody who has doubted him throughout these playoffs and saying he can't, same with Devin Booker. But I mean, Trey is just insane and one of the things that makes him so dynamic and so elite of a playmaker is you are so petrified of his floater and I literally just saw an article about this and I'm like yeah it's factual you're so petrified of his floater right that you guard it like it's a floater but he his motion going from a floater to a law pass on a pick and roll, right? It's the same motion, right? So you're thinking he's about to do a floater. It's a lob to Cook Capella or John Collins, right? Or vice versa. You think it's he's about to hit you with the with the lob. It's a floater, right? That and then you add in the deep range. You add in his elite uh, ability of drawing fouls and getting players into foul trouble. Okay, Trey Young has just been spectacular all postseason long. In the first round, he averaged 29 on 45% shooting and 36 from three against an elite Knicks defense, right? In the second round, he averaged 29. And, and this is kind of a joke, but it's also kind of serious, right? You know, as long as you get the win, a playoff series win, it doesn't matter as much, right? As long as, like, perform where your, team's, where your team needs you the most. Right, and you win the and you win the series, right? Because I mean, Trey Young shot forty percent from the field in that uh, Philly series, right? But I mean, they won the series, right? And he continuously made plays. He averaged eleven assists in the series. Excuse me. And in Game Seven, he was god awful shooting the ball wise. He shot twenty one percent from the field. He had twenty one points and ten assists. And he made timely buckets and was a great playmaker all night long. Right, and then in this series so far, it's already 32 uh, points on 47% from the field. Right, you know, he's a little banged up right now, but this is a must win game four at home. I have all the confidence in the world to Trey Young. And hey, even if they lose, you cannot deny how good of a playoff, how great of a playoff run this was. This was a superstar making playoff run, and this is why the playoffs are so much important than the regular season. You need the regular season to get you to the playoffs, obviously. You can't have one without the other. But if you're going to tell me that the playoffs is not more important than the regular season, you're drunk. You need to be tested. Um, so that's that. Chris Milton's been ridiculous. He had, was it, 38 points last night? Not last night, but in game three. Giannis has played well all postseason long. Happy for him. All right, yeah, Mills at 38. And the notion that I hate Giannis is false. I don't hate Giannis. My problem is, has always been with Giannis, that people have said he was the best player in the world, which is, has always been false. He's not the best player in the world, right? Because that was LeBron, and for the time being, it's probably Kevin Durant. Right? But he's been spectacular. All postseason long, right? I mean, I mean, what Miami? He played solid, 
right? He had a couple of bad ones against Milwaukee, I mean, against Brooklyn, especially earlier on in that series, right? And in game five down the stretch, he made some pretty boneheaded plays, right? But, like, specifically, you're posting up James Harden and you do a fadeaway jumper. Like, what the heck? James Hobbles, James Harden's hobbled a fadeaway jumper on. Like, that's kind of ridiculous, right? But, I mean, outside the free throw shooting throughout these playoffs, you know, I guess Miami actually shot the ball pretty well for the free throw line. But outside the free throw shooting in these playoffs, Giannis has been – Pretty daggone good. He's been a top, like a top five player in the world. So hats off to him. And one thing that I love to see is that, and obviously, you know, you're going to hope that Nate McMillan can slow this down, right? Um, And just make him shoot more threes, right? I don't know if you have to zone him or what, because, I mean, he shot – he averaged four threes a game against Miami, four and a half against Brooklyn. He's only ta- He's only averaged 2.3 threes in this series, and this field goal is percentages from three. He shot 3.6% from three against Miami. He only made one three that series. He averaged 20 – he shot 22% from three against Brooklyn. He's shooting 16% from three in this series, right? So you're going to have to try to make him more of a shooter – right? And just pack it in on them, okay? And, I mean, Chris Milton, ideally, would have to drop 50 for you guys to to um for the Bucks to win, right? Or, I mean, I'm not saying you do this throughout the entire game, but, like, through stretches, foul him, right? Just hack the honest. You did it against Ben Simmons. It worked. Ben Simmons is not even close to being as good as a free throw shooter as Giannis, probably, right? But, I mean, you, you have to consider it, right, especially, like, if, if he's starting to get it going, he's starting to get some of his momentum, right, hacking Giannis, um, and that's that. So, and the NBA Finals will be up after this. Um, this is what I get my thoughts on the two coaching hires, and we'll get out of here. Actually, this really only one I kind of want to touch on. This is the Dallas Mavericks hiring Jason Kidd. Um, Jason Kidd was the Milwaukee Bucks head coach a few years back. Um, and he's been the assistant coach for the Lakers for the past two years. And I don't think he gets enough credit for the job he did in developing Giannis because it was Jason Kidd who experimented at putting Giannis at the point, right? And making him and trying to develop more of the point forward aspects of his game, right? So similar like how Mark Jackson doesn't get enough credit for those Golden State teams being the way they are, Jason Kidd doesn't get enough credit for Giannis, right? And Giannis's development. And Giannis is going to do one – I mean, not Giannis. Jason Kidd's going to do wonders for Luka Doncic. I don't know about Kristaps. So, you know, that's a waste of $29 million. But – He's going to do wonders for Luca. I'm really happy for, for Jay Kidd. He deserves a job, absolutely. And um, I just think this is a great hire. He already has some history down there, obviously, with the Mavericks, winning a championship with them back in 2011, because that was the year LeBron famously had his worst playoff series of his life. Um, 
So I love the hire. I would honestly say you probably should trade Kristaps like as soon as possible. Maybe even like I I wouldn't do this deal if I'm actually wait, I forgot he's traded now. So maybe a Kemba for Kristaps deal of Oklahoma would be interested, right? Um because well, no, I don't know about that. So yeah, I don't know about that anymore, actually. But if I'm Dallas, you, you definitely, I think you definitely are looking at trading Christoph Porzingis in the offseason just to open up cap space, really. Because, again, that's a waste of $29 million. And you're about to pay crazy money for Luka. So I would definitely trade Christoph so you can potentially get another max player on the roster. That's actually going to do something come playoff time. So anyway, guys. This has been a fun episode. Glad to be back. Um, thank you guys for tuning in again. First episode with as part of the Sapien Podcast Network will be live June, not June 1st, July 1st, along with a article version of our preseason power rankings revealing in the number 32 team. Um, you guys want premier access, meaning you'll get access to it a day early. You guys can go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash for 10 lines. $1 a month, you guys will get access to our you guys can get premier access to our power ranking preseason power rankings and more perks so thank you guys so much for watching sean davis and we'll see you guys in the next episode